So, green flag is going to come in the air, and away we go. And it is the 83 of Corey Hall trying desperately to get up alongside the race leader. But he's got no hold of the inside. Here comes Steve Halp, and here comes Brent Roy. Hall all by himself on the outside behind Tucker. Sticks in the air, two laps to go. It continues to be the two of Ashton Tucker leading the way down the backstretch. That final podium spot is on the line with a lap to go. Brent Roy to the inside of Steve Halpin, but up in front, it's all Ashton Tucker. Start. Oh, Brent Roy sideways through the turn. He's going to lose the spot, and here comes Ashton Tucker. He's going to make it two big ones in a row. Tucker will win it. Corey Hall second. Steve Halpin third. Nicholas Noggle and Brent Roy rounding out the top five. Brent Roy sideways down there in turn one and two that time. And how about, how about Ashton Tucker, winner of the McLaughlin Roof Trusses 250 back on Speed Weekend, comes out for the first race of this year and is going to the Riverview Ford Lincoln Victory Lane. We're back here with Animal Wrestling. Dewey versus the two guinea pigs. And Dewey's already jumped out. The two guinea pigs are not taking any of his business here. Dewey's trying to escape. Mike's hot. He usually is the one who picks on everyone, but this time he's a scaredy cat. The two guinea pigs are talking trash to him now. Listen to them go off. Things we do during a lockdown, right? Welcome to Tim's Corner Live, episode number 15. Tim Terry, Denver Matchett, and and Dylan Langell. So Dylan, we kind of talked off air before we came on. Was there anything else that happened there after Dewey hopped out of the cage? Oh my gosh. Like there was a fire and then the cops were called here. I mean, it, things got pretty crazy when the cameras were turned off. So we may have to sneak a camera in for next time, but that's how I'm staying sane in this lockdown here in Nova Scotia. I'm not doing very well. At least you're finding a way to be entertained though, right? Yeah, I mean, from him scratching stuff and knocking stuff over and then assaulting uh, my girlfriend's class pets. Um, yeah, things are pretty lively here in the spare bedroom studio. Well, we're going to have something to watch this weekend. We'll get to that in just a moment, Dylan. But Denver, we just came off the Riverview Ford Lincoln highlights last couple laps from last year's season opener. Uh, Ashton Tucker taking away the victory. Big pro stock race. We're going to talk to uh, two of the best pro stock drivers in the province of New Brunswick and Dave Oblinas and Ashton Tucker here in just a moment. But you get to go do some racing this weekend at two different racetracks. How excited are you? I am thrilled, Tim. It's been a long winter. And, uh, you know, this is what you wait all winter for. This is what you work all winter for. And uh, it's all building up to this. It's a double header, a double whammy. Um, for those in the province of New Brunswick, it's, it's great to be back at the tracks. You know, I got to both tracks earlier in this week to test some stuff out, some meetings, whatnot. Um, and both facilities are looking great. Uh, the entry lists are shaping up phenomenally. And uh, as long as the weather cooperates, uh, it looks like we're going to kick off the 2021 season in style, which is so nice to say. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> if, if you're just joining us, we're, we're going to, we mentioned those two drivers we're going to have. We're also going to have John O'Shea later on tonight. One of the uh, iconic voices on the North Shore when it comes to not only racing, but also throughout on, on 99.3 The River. So I'm excited for that. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to be excited for. And, and Dylan, even though we're not at the racetrack, 
we will get to see a little bit of racing this weekend. And I don't mean from Dover, which is always exciting. I love the monster. Mile, hey, I'm, but... a, I'm a, I'm a minority owner of Dover <laughs> motor speedway, actually. So I, I got a little investment in there. How? how? <laughs> Tell us how they're, they're a publicly traded company. You can go on wealth simple and buy shares of Dover motor speedway and Nashville super speedway. Everybody's buying Bitcoin. Dylan's <laughs> buying shares in Dover. Hey so, man, they're handing out vaccines quicker than here in Nova Scotia. So are they going to ship some up to you since you're a minority owner? I hope so. I mean, they better. Dang it, I'm spending my hard-earned money, my my two dollars and fifty cents Canadian. Is that all it is? Yeah, it's cheap. Oh, it's been going okay. up though. It's been, it's been it's been getting me a decent return here though. It, it's probably going to go up after the great racing here this weekend, I'm sure. Anyway, but we've got a couple of announcements and a couple of housekeeping notes to uh, take care of off the start of this one. Roll, roll with the first one. This one's not new. Kings County Performance, Larry Somerville, Jessica Somerville are our official uh, decal provider here this season on Tim's Corner. And they will be, well, Larry will be at Speedway 660 on the weekend. So if you're rolling through tech on Sunday at Speedway 660, you'll be able to grab your 10th anniversary Tim's Corner Motorsports decal to put on your race car. Uh, we'll have some extras left over for Petty for the next week. Unfortunately, can't get the Miramichi for Saturday, but we will have those at the racetrack coming up on Sunday at the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener. If you need a new TCM sticker on your car, I know Briar Ellis still has his sticker from 10 years ago on that number 95 car. So we thank him for that. At least saves us a little bit of money. Uh, We've been doing some other things as well on the back end. It's been kind of quiet this week on the social media side of things, but we're building it. Here's the next thing. Uh, if you are watching us right now and you want to listen to us back, maybe you missed the show. You can do so on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Tim's Corner CA is, is the, the hub of where, where you can go. It's powered by Spotify. You can see on your screen all those platforms you can now find us on albeit we're up to episode seven on the tim's corner live show we're still uploading some of the stuff you know changing some stuff around on the uh, audio side uploading the, the the cover art and what have you so hopefully i'm i'm at home this weekend so hopefully that's the plan to, to finish that up and oh by the way footnote on the bottom and dylan i know you love this we have both pro stock tour races from last season on Spotify right now. So if you want to listen to me and Dylan, you don't get enough of us now. Oh, you can go back and listen on <laughs> Spotify. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, I, I got to check it out a little earlier on. It was a pretty cool listening back to the Tour of My Cat 150 on Spotify. I mean, I'm paying for the servers. I might as well be able to hear myself, right? Yeah, exactly. Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, and probably a few others that we haven't heard from yet. Uh, going to be up there. So anchor.fm slash Tim's Corner CA will have that. And we'll have some of the races from last year, audio-wise, on there uh, once we get everything up and active. Speaking of races, uh, the Spring Smash season opener from Speedway Miramichi will be live on Tim's Corner.tv this weekend. Uh, passes are not available yet. They will be available starting tomorrow. You can go on and get your pass. Subscribers that are on there right now, you'll be able to view it on Monday. Uh, we're working with some other things with Speedway 660 and Petty for the next couple of weeks. We've still got some R&D stuff, Denver, that you had mentioned that we're still trying to figure out. Uh, but how excited are you? This is your home racetrack. I can't be there, so I'm excited to see it. Uh, but how excited are you to, to have this one on Tim's Corner TV? Tim, I'm thrilled. You know, we started last year. We had three of our events uh, live for the fans to watch it, whether you couldn't make it to the track, whether you weren't comfortable, or whether you were prevented to from going by border closures and I mean that's obviously the case right now for people like yourself uh, we have a lot of fans 
from all over Atlantic Canada that just can't be here. So uh, it's a great opportunity for them to be able to tune in. Uh, you know, we kind of, like you said, we've been testing some stuff and fingers crossed it's going to work. Uh, everything's seeming to go good. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a great show. So if you uh, can't make it to the track or you're stuck at home, locked down, doing nothing, tune in, catch some racing action. And it, hopefully it won't be long before everyone's at the track in person. And note the start time on that, 135 Atlantic. It shows on the Tim's Corner TV website is two. You guys are doing the, essentially a banquet from what you guys didn't get to do last year because your banquet was literally on the other end of the bubble bursting, right? Absolutely, Tim. Uh, our banquet was scheduled for like the 27th of November and on the 25th, the bubble burst. So uh, we didn't get the banquet in. We tried a couple times. It just didn't work out. So uh, we got some awards to hand out. So for the drivers, the guys and gals that... Uh, are in the province of New Brunswick and we'll be at the track Saturday. We will uh, do a small little presentation on the French stretch, nothing too big, but uh, recognize their accomplishments from the 2020 season where uh, we were one of the few to actually crown points champions. So uh, that'll be pretty special for them to uh, get their awards from the uh, first COVID season. And live audio wise, we're still playing with some stuff, obviously with technology being different. All the technology that we used last year, is sitting in my office right now in Halifax. I can't move it to New Brunswick. And if we need it for a, a race in, in Nova Scotia, we can't easily bring it back. So that's that's why we're, we're working on some stuff. And uh, I already had the question asked about Speedway 660 on Sunday for audio. Uh, there's no internet right now in the tower. Uh, they're still trying to put things together in that tower. And, and internet is right now not one of those things that is currently in the tower. So we will cross that bridge when we get there on Sunday. We will let you know. But speaking of Sunday, let's bring in our first guest, driver of the number 48, Pro Stock, six-time Speedway 660 champion, former 250 champion. What what haven't you won at Speedway 660, Dave? Uh, well, I have. I think I have won just about every big race that we've had up there. Um, there's a few that I would have liked to have won a few more times. Uh, we were looking the other night, and I have won – the best of the best, uh, I won it 11 times. Um, so that was pretty cool uh, <laughs> to see that stat, you know, night. Uh, yeah, there's been a, I guess, you know, we won Speed Weekend, the sportsman end of it, we won it five times. Uh, the 250, we won it once, finished second two or three times. Yeah, we've, we've had a pretty good run up there for sure. You know, Rick Cashel did get in a sharpshooter last year. I think that's the only thing you have on, left on your list, right? Well, um, yeah, I guess I technically have not won anything in a sharpshooter. Uh, not sure if I want to try that or not. <laughs> from what I see, them guys are half nuts. They, they are crazy. And I, I think Rick can probably uh, maybe talk you out of it. It was an experience, I think, for him for sure. But uh, welcome. And we are live and interactive here this evening with Dave Oblina. So if you have a question, a comment, anything of the like, be sure to drop it down below. And Mr. Langell will get to it here this evening. So. I guess the first question is, are you ready for Sunday? We're getting there. Uh, we're close. Actually, the, the guys and girls are out in the shop right now thrashing. They'll probably hear some beating and thrashing going on as we as we talk here. But uh, uh, my car, we're just we're pretty much done just finishing up the setup on it. Um, Courtney's car, we're going to change uh, transmission. Alex is we're going to scale it just tidy up some few loose ends and uh, I guess the biggest thing is going to be to make sure the hauler's ready. Uh, we took it up to get it inspected and had some issues so I'm hoping everything's going to be uh, rectified by uh, Friday so uh, we hopefully will be there for, for sure. If not it might be a, a you know a longer haul to haul one at a time up there right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, let's talk about, I guess, the last big pro stock race, Speedway 660, since we're looking at this one here, the 250s started on the pole, won your heat race, led a bunch of laps. The thing was was really, really good up there. Can we rekindle that magic that we had in the first half of the 250? I think so. Um Driver had a brain fart leading the race, spun out a lap car. Uh, I don't know what happened. Anyway, it, it went downhill bad from there and just couldn't get back to where we needed to. And we did get back to where we needed to be with 75 to go. Got into another little tussle and uh, we just couldn't recover from it. The tires were, were done. Um, I think we had a pretty good shot at it. I mean, the car was quick. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. We had pretty big wreck last year in Petty at the end of the season in the Mike Stevens race. So I think we got it all back together and back straight. So time will tell. We'll get up there Saturday and get some laps on it and see what we can come up with. And uh, hopefully I'll get the feel that I want and we'll go from there. We had a different mindset at the 250 last year with the, the borders being closed to the drivers from Maine, the drivers from, you know, Ontario, anybody that wanted to trickle down. Uh, now we have the borders closed to everybody around New Brunswick. Uh, but you've got a pretty stout field coming up this weekend. Uh, Ashton Tucker seems to, to win everything that he, he get his hands on there. Uh, you've got Lonnie Somerville. You've got Shaw, uh, the Tucker boys. Uh, uh, you got Kevin Moore. List goes on and on. Uh, Chris Duncan's going to be there. Ryan Messer. Uh, how do you attack this one being maybe a shorter field, but the, the competition still being there? We actually looked at that a little earlier the other night and there's going to be, even though it's going to be a smaller field than normal, the, the quality of the field is going to be pretty high and it's, uh, it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park for anything as far as people think it might be because I mean there's, there's going to be some competition out there so you know what it's the first race of the season get uh, <sighs> You know, get the cobweb blowed off, make sure everything's kind of working back to where it needs to be and, and gain a little momentum to, to head to Petty down the road in a couple of weeks and, uh, and kind of go from there. So for a driver with your experience, it's been a long winter. How long does it take to knock the rust off and, and get back into a rhythm? Well, it's, at 660, it's not as bad because we're so used to being there anyway. Um, normally, you know, half a dozen to a dozen laps in the, in the first practice at 660 and I'm back to where I'm comfortable to where I need to be. Um, I'm sure as long as the car is right, we'll be fine. Um, it's a little tougher when you go to other places just because you haven't been there for a while. But I mean, you know what, it's, it's, it is what it is. And it, it's like you say, it's not my first rodeo. So we'll, we'll, we'll knock the rest off pretty quick. And I'm sure Lonnie and them guys will all walk and do the same and, and, and it'll be a fun deal. Now, I'm going to bring Dylan in here in just a moment, but you talked about new places, places you haven't been in a while. The last time we saw you race was at a racetrack in Cape Breton at Sydney Speedway. How was that experience for you? Because it's it's different than 660. It's different than Petty Raceway. It almost it reminds Craig Ward of a river glade. What was your first, uh, first experience up there, at least in a while? Well, it was funny. We went down there, and, of course, I, I've never even seen the place until I showed up there. Uh, we... Jumped in the car, uh, went out, and I ran like three laps in the first practice because we were late getting out in first practice. And I went, wow, this is Riverglade all over again. I mean, it was, you know, you dime in the corners, you you, you, you do what you got to do to get through and, and go from there. And then, so knowing what I knew from Riverglade, 
I kind of stepped back and I said, okay, I know what I used to do back there for as far as setup goes. And I know everything's changed from, you know, 20 years ago, but we uh, kind of threw a couple of things at it that I used to do back in the sportsman day. And geez, the next thing I know, I, I picked up like half second and I was like second on the board. And I'm like, hmm, not bad for 15 laps. I've never been here and I'm second on the board. You know, I, I will take it. So and then we did the same thing. We ended up like, well, we finished second to Lori and uh, yeah, I was, I was happy and the uh, car ran good and it was a, uh, it was a decent deal. You're used to stepping down into a sportsman, but when you step down, you step down in the province of New Brunswick. So those guys kind of know you, they raced with you before you walk into a Sean Waterfield and a Ronnie McKay and uh, Ryan wasn't there, but th those guys that race on a regular basis up in Cape Breton Island, uh, what, what was it like racing on not necessarily your home turf going in there and uh, you and Lori finishing one too? Well, I, I mean, obviously you don't want to go in there and piss somebody off and get into them and wreck a guy or whatever. I mean, that's the last thing you want to do, but uh, um, we, you know what, them guys, they ran, they ran us clean. We ran them clean. Uh, I overdrove the corner one trip on the first lap and I went, whoops, I forgot where we were and just kind of went from there and, it was, it is what it is. And it just, uh, we had a good run and it was fun. Now you didn't leave with that race car, right? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, my children are sitting out here trying to aggravate me here now, but, um, no, we actually, uh, Greg Dow actually bought the car from us, uh, right after the race was done. We actually took the seat out of the car and left it there right as it came off the racetrack. So, uh, that was kind of a neat deal. Um, I guess he was very happy with the way it ran and uh, saw some potential in it and went from there. And I can tell you, Greg sent me some pictures this week. I can't let the cat out of the bag, but it has a different number on it and it's not one of his kids' numbers. We'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure, next week. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because I don't think Greg has told a whole lot of people either. But uh, now, do you have another sportsman car sitting there? What's, what's the plan there? Are we going to see it back in the late model? I do not right now. Um... I've actually been talking with the guy that bought my last, my other car, my Johnson car that we were doing all the winning with at 660. Um, he, he's in Maine. And of course, with COVID and everything, he can't get to the border to go come across to race it at 660. He was talking the other day and he wants me to come back down and get the car and bring it back up and, and, and run some races with it. I don't know if we can make that happen. I don't know. Time will tell, um, but I mean, we—I I know what it is. It's a—it's a good hot rod, and that would be a pretty awesome thing to piss my children off with. Is it so? They're aggravating. Is—is is that a little dig at them? Absolutely. <laughs> We are live and interactive here this evening. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. Dylan Langell, how busy are you on social tonight? Well, I could be a bit busier. So uh, Dave's not shy. He's already pretty talkative so far. So uh, you can leave a comment on the Tim's Corner feed or the Speedway Miramichi feed. I don't know if we're on 660. I keep refreshing here. So we made the look into that. But uh, uh, Dave, it's good to chat with you again. Uh, last time I saw you would have been up in Sydney and uh, it was pretty cool seeing you up there. Uh, Brent Patterson's watching. He says, number one, uh, to say uh, hey to the girls, Dave, for him. He's also wondering, when did you get your start in racing? It's always a pretty loaded question, right, with a racer? Well, um, I guess in, well, let's go back. My grandfather owned the Green Growler, the 29 car uh, that Walter Dunfield drove back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, so that's kind of where the racing started. Um, he got out of it. 
my dad and my uncle actually crewed for them during that whole deal that they were doing that. Then they get into show cars and I get into show cars with them at the same time we were doing the Atlantic circuit and all that stuff. And, and they were very successful with that. Um, dad actually has a 70 super B that in 1984 qualified for the grand finale in Atlantic city, New Jersey. And he went down with the car and finished 37th out of the top 50 cars in the world at the time. So it was, it was a really cool deal to watch and to do all that and to experience all that stuff. But it wasn't for me. I just, I, I got sick of polishing and doing something. So then I bought a street stock off a guy and it was Gary McLean's old street stock. Um, it was in, I believe it was in 94. We went to Riverglade, had no idea what we were doing. Same as pretty much everybody that starts racing, obviously. And uh, just kind of went from there. And then we, we, we ran, I think I got second in the points that year. Uh, the following year we uh, and I got rookie of the year then the following year I got I, I won the points and then we bought a sportsman car at the end of that season and then we that would be 96 so in 96 was my season that we started and that was also the season that Shediac opened up so we ran Riverglade and Shediac with two different cars I won rookie of the year at both tracks and the points championship at both tracks. And then it went from there. We went, we got the pro stock and well, we all know what from there on how we did from there. So yeah, that's kind of how we started. I think you may have a future in announcing Dave. No, 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 probably not. <laughs> uh, Taylor Albert is watching. He says, how do you enjoy your fury hot rod? You know, it's funny. We hooked up uh, with uh, Andrew Hicken back in 2015. Uh, we were the first full-blown LFR car at the time. Uh, and then they switched over to Fury. Um, they are an amazing hot rod. Um, it's the most adjustable car that I have ever been able to feel. Um, I've, I've had everything. I've had ham keys, port cities, left-handers, um, pathfinders. I've, I've had just about everything you can imagine. And this thing that I got is just unbelievable. When you make an adjustment on these cars, they respond the way they're supposed to. And I guess that's the easiest way to explain it. Um, so, so far, I, I'm very happy with them, I guess. So, I, I don't know. I guess that would be a plug for uh, Fury. <laughs> uh, Brett Suggs is watching. And uh, if you're anyone's familiar with uh, TCM and iRacing, uh, dude, one about uh, everything you can do here with the iRacing on TCM. He's wondering, Dave, out of all your big wins and everything you've accomplished, what would you say is at the top of your list for your accomplishments in racing? Um. Uh Obviously, the six championships uh, is, a, is a major one, obviously. Um, probably one of my most favorable ones or one that really sticks out in my mind back in, I think it was 2006, we went down to Michigan and drove for Johnny Benson in his outlaw super late model at Berlin Speedway. And that was the coolest thing 
that I have done yet to this day. I mean, we went down there and they treated us like rock stars. I mean, they, they, I don't know if they thought that New Brunswick was all of Canada or what, but I mean, they, 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 they couldn't believe that a Canadian was coming down to run with their, them guys. And I was running with uh, Tim Steele, uh, Randy Sweet, uh, Joe Bush, like all these guys. It was amazing, these guys that we were running with. And so we had gone out and practiced a day before just to get used to the car. Um, of course, Johnny had no uh, issues about sparing expense when we come to tires. Like, I mean, we were, we were throwing new tires on it to go practice. And I'm like, holy, wow, this is, this is nuts. Like, I mean, we, we're happy to have a new set of tires to go race with, let alone go practice with. So we go out and he started and he said, okay, you're doing good. He said, but we're going to go out and you're going to qualify on stickers and you're going to have to pick, pick it up about three tenths or you're not going to make the show. And I don't want to use a provisional for this race car. And I'm like, okay, well, there, now there's some pressure. He said, you got to get it down into turn one a lot harder than you're going. Don't back at the fence, but get it in the corner. Okay. So I go out and I run the first lap the way I normally would and, you know, just let off and do your thing. I go down into the corner on the second lap and all I did was burp the throttle and hit the brake pedal and that thing shot down in there, turned and come down the back straight. Anyway, I went, hmm, wow, that was pretty amazing. Like I had no idea we had that much grip. Anyway, come back around, come into the pits. He comes over. He's already changed out of his, his pants or his suit. He's just in his normal pants or shirt and stuff. He comes over and he says, well, you didn't pick up three tenths. I'm like, how in the... In my, did I not pick up three tenths? I mean, I drove that thing in the corner and wide open and never lifted. Like, how, like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, you picked up five tenths and you qualified. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so we ended up starting pole on that, in that race. And they don't run radios and they don't run mirrors. So you can imagine here, I'm used to all that stuff. And I'm going down here, setting, driving into turn one on, in this thing with no mirrors, no radios, have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, one guy got biased and I settled in behind him and I followed him for, I don't know, 125 laps. And one other guy passed us and we ended up finishing third for the race. And it was a, it was a really cool, neat experience. Uh, I'll, I'll, I definitely will never forget it. It's, it's a, it was definitely the highlight of my deal for sure. Once again, we're live and interactive with Dave Oblina. So if you have a question, a comment, be sure to drop it down below. And Dylan, we got Speedway 660 working. So uh, we want to welcome everybody that's watching on Speedway 660. Looking back to last year, Dave, obviously, let's put the uh, team owner, let's put the father cap on. Speed weekend was big last year, not only because of the Sunday after leading all those laps early and, you know, racking up the 50 bucks a lap, but what happened Saturday night with Courtney going to victory lane uh, in that sportsman race, you've won it many times before, but how special was it to see the 48 C go to victory lane in that race? Absolutely. I mean, anytime any of my cars can go to victory lane, it's a good night. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, Courtney run a really good race. Uh, she, she saved her stuff. She did what she needed to do. Um, Alex had a little bad luck. She had a bearing on the rear end axle bearing let go on her. Uh, and, and I'm almost glad that it did because I'm telling you right now, I'm pretty sure that those two cars would have come home in a basket. 
because the two of them would have been up front and they both don't give up. So it was going to be uh, very entertaining and a little stressful on my end, that's for sure. But uh, now I'm super proud of them. They, they do great. Um, they're, you know, they're out there working right now on stuff, trying to get, get things going. Um, thank God Alex does as much as she does. Cause I just can't do as much as I used to do as far as working on the cars where we started up a new business here and just trying to get that up and rolling and just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, super proud of them. Um, hopefully they can, uh, win many more. Now, wasn't there a thing a couple of years ago where you guys were fighting back and forth for the, the lap track record at 660 in a sportsman car? How, how did that end up going? And do you know who has that now? Uh, yeah, I'm reminded quite regularly of it. Actually, uh, I had the track record at 14.55 and Courtney went out and ran a 14.51. So she now has the track record and she does not let me forget about it very often. And now that you don't have a sportsman car to go out and, and throw at that time. Well, maybe I got to take her car and just go beat it with her car. As long as she'll let you have the seat, right? Maybe. Maybe. Something like that. I'm sure I'm sure you can call Greg Dow if you absolutely need to. That's right. I'm probably, yeah, I could probably get, gather up a car somewhere. Denver, you've been quiet over there. What do you got for Dave Oblinas? Well, uh, well, not to uh, stir the pot or anything, but Dave, I think last year you were the only one in the family that didn't uh, take home a feature win. But uh, so that maybe will change on Sunday. <laughs> They're probably in the background loving that comment, but uh, unbelievable. I can't even, I don't even know what to say. I don't know why we even let him on the show, right? Yeah, well, can we just mute him or something? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, they both won last year, and I did not. Um, uh, we we talked about that the other day, too. And there's only out of 27 years of racing, there's only been two seasons that I have not won a race, and last year was one of them. I'm just hoping that that ain't the end, that ain't the start of the end. I hope. Well, surely to God, there will be more to come. That car still had speed. You had a couple podiums. You ran up front. Uh, overall, 2020, it was a shortened season. And you can use that as the excuse. We lost half the season. That's but... right. I only, I only had half the time to try it. So, exactly. You know, it is what it is. Um, to... we, I have to win a couple more. I don't care if I'm going to... I may have to push a wheelbarrow across the parking lot or something to win because... I have 97 feature wins in my career, and I am really hoping that I can get to 100. Um, that would be an amazing accomplishment, um, especially in this day and age. And I just, I don't know if it's going to be doable or not, but man, I really don't want to give up until I get there. Well, surely that will come. I mean, you one bad year doesn't uh, throw everything off. I mean, me and Tim go back and forth with NASCAR. I old Kyle Busch chasing all his wins. He uh, he's rebounding. So surely to God, you'll get some more. And you know, maybe you have to steal the girls' cars to do it, but that's all right too. Well, if I have to, maybe I'll borrow a street stock. I don't know. I'll do. I'll. I'll like I said, I'll borrow something to win something. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. But so let's look back. Twenty twenty. Some of those pro stock races. They started with the. Uh, Petty and 660 series, which hopefully will be back this year. But uh, what did you think of that series the first year for it? Uh, 
you, you ran all four, three of the four races, I think, had some good runs. Uh, how, what did you think of that series? Um, it, it was, it was pretty neat. I mean, absolutely. The tracks have got to work together. There's no question. I think everybody has finally realized like track owners and stuff have realized they cannot do this alone. They need help. They need support from one another. They've got to feed off of one another. And, and you guys are doing an amazing job at helping do this whole, well, just what we're doing tonight, you know, like, I mean, just keeping people engaged and keeping, uh, keeping sponsors happy with uh, coming up on, on this, on the season and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you just, it has to work that way. So there's no question um it's a step in the right direction in my mind uh, we did miss the first 61 last year so uh we plan on running all four this year um if they if they do uh get things opened up and we get going here and and uh we'll we'll see what happens but that would be another awesome little one to have a couple wins in for sure for sure and i mean you're the six-time champion in the pro stock class at 660. This is the first year I think they're not, well, outside of 2020 where there was no champions, that they're not going to crown a track champion for pro stock. But uh, with the four-race series, that would be your opportunity. Maybe you'll get the, uh, you know, chase 100 wins, chase the seventh pro stock championship too. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, there's, there's a possibility. I mean, sometimes the guy that wins them all doesn't win a championship, so... I mean, I remember one year we only won one feature or two features and, uh, and we still won the points. So, I mean, and, and then one year with Ryan Messer, we ended up uh, down to the last day. I beat him by one point. I mean, it was just, you know, there's been some luck involved and there's no question, but it's, as everybody knows, you, to, to be good, you got to be lucky, I guess, is what they say. So, I mean, it's one of them deals. You got to do it. You have six, what was it, a streak of about three in a row there at one point from like 2012 to 2014 or something crazy where you were just unbeatable at Speedway 660? Yeah, we had a, a three year, three years in a row that we won the points and uh, and we, we racked up a pile of wins and stuff that you, those those few years and even the sportsman also. I mean, I think the sportsman car, there was at one point there was, I think I had won 11 out of 15 big races like over a five year period and it was and uh, I mean, I, I get it why guys can't stand seeing me come to the racetrack. I get it. I, I wouldn't want to see me going with a sportsman car either if, at, at the time, right? So, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's pretty cool. There's no question that it was a it, it was a fun run. There's no and it was and it was a lot of lot of hard work from everybody, but uh, we we did manage to get a few wins in there for sure. And that was about the same time. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, there was about what seven cars out of your shop, a couple pro stock, a couple sportsmen, a street stock, a couple bandoleros, everything in between pretty much. Yeah, I just about died. Yeah, it was, it was, it, I, I think it probably aged me about 20 years in the five years that we did it. But I mean, man, we put in a lot of time and a lot of effort there for a while. And, uh, and it showed, I mean, as everybody knows, you, you don't win races without going and doing stuff at the shop. I mean, you got to, you got to be prepared and you got to do your due diligence to make sure that everything is up and going right. And, and it's getting harder and harder to do. There's no question. Absolutely. And you see the competition gets, you know, stronger. It seems like every single year um, in every class, not just the pro stock division, but uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last year on one of the, uh, I guess, pre-race shows we did at, at Petty, but you had some plans to go down to the States and run some races and obviously border closures and everything kind of threw that away. Um, but uh, if we ever get back to that spot, borders are open in 2021. Do you have any plans to head down South or, or maybe 2022? 
Well, we were supposed to be in Loudon three weeks ago with the Actor car. I mean, it's sitting here. It's ready to go. It's it, the car covers on it right now. It's just it's that um, like they just we cleaned it off on the weekend there. Mike Francis had come up and done some pictures for us, and uh, we did a little thing with both the cars. To and I sent Derek, the, the car owner, sent him some pictures, and he's like, "Man, he says if we can never get this open back up, like you're coming down here." And I said, "I know. I just we just got to get there." So. If everything goes well, um, there is a possibility that I may go to Oxford to run the Saturday night show, the 150 Actor race there, and possibly the Milk Bowl at Thunder Road. That's kind of a bucket list race for me to go try. I mean, if you got an opportunity to go do it. Um, I don't know if we're going to make that all happen this year or not, but uh, if everything opens up next year, then I can definitely foresee going to Loudoun, going to Oxford, going to Milkwell, and maybe one or two other, in Quebec, there's one or two, we might go up there and do them. Um, just depends on what uh, what Derek, the car owner, wants to do and go from there. So the whole deal was get the car ready for Derek to move into it. He's in a Tiger car right now, and uh, he uh, last weekend was in Thunder Road, and I was on Messenger with him right up until the, the, the last, the first heat race, and and uh, helping him and trying to get the car a little better. And we picked him up a couple of tents throughout the day. And last practice, he went out and went top of the board for the for practice. So he's like, there, finally, we got it, you know? So he was pretty excited and he just, he did, had a bad deal, got shuffled to the back and, and took 20 laps to go to the back and it was only a 40 lap race. So it was one of them things he just didn't get a chance to show what he had, but uh, he said the car was in one piece. He was real happy with it. So uh, yeah, we got some, we got a little bit of stuff going on with that. Uh, should be fun if we can ever get down there. Uh, I'm excited to try it because I really we're going to take the car to Petty and uh, maybe shake it down just to make sure the cobwebs are out of it before we do venture down. But uh, I, I, you know, and I don't even want I wouldn't want to say this out loud, but it would be a really neat class to have instead of maybe some other classes. But I won't stir the pot too bad tonight. <laughs> Yeah, Tim doesn't like the uh, rules conversations too much. We try to. Oh, no, I, I don't that. mind the rules conversations. It's the Lawrence Hoppers that don't mind the, the <laughs> rules conversations. And I'm sure my phone will light up, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, I think they're a really neat car. They're, uh, they're basically a single piston caliper, uh, steel transmission, eight inch tires and wheels with a 603 motor. Like, they're, it's kind of a neat little combination, but it gives a, little bit of adjustability to the guys so it's, it's kind of a it's not as much as a pro stock more adjustability than a sportsman mm, you know it, it could uh, possibly be something down the road that maybe something should be looked at because I, I but I, again i am not the rules makers i don't want to get into involved with doing any of that stuff i just uh It'd just be a neat little class to have here. And I know we can't add classes because we don't have the people. We're demographically challenged as far as that goes. So that would never happen. But you'd have to completely restructure the whole racing deal. And that, that's not going to happen. So, But it'd still be a neat little thing to have. It's always kind of nice to take a look at it, though, right? Oh, yeah. You never know. Denver, go ahead. I was going to say, Dylan must be having fun. He must have a lot of uh, comments coming in. I, I think now that 660 is live, Dylan, I think you got your work cut out for you. 
Yeah, it's starting to get a bit lively here, so we'll dive right into it. Dave, Tony Wright's wondering, who's your favorite driver to race against, and who would you have a rivalry with? So I guess two questions there. Who's your favorite, and maybe who's someone you just maybe don't get along with on the track, but you race good against them? Um, I, you know what? I, I really don't... I'll tell you one guy that I really, really enjoy racing against, and that's John Fleming, believe it or not. Um, John and I have run a million laps together. I know we have. And it doesn't matter if we're both junk or both good. Like we, we can run side by side for lap after lap after lap after lap after lap and never, never put a wheel mark on one another. It's just, it's crazy how I always had fun racing with John. Um, he was a blast to really, uh, tease at the start of the race because he always gets sick so you you know johnny you go all right you're gonna throw up like you know you don't feel you don't look so good so he'd run back and go throw up and then he'd go back again but um geez i don't know as far as rivalries go really don't have a whole lot of rivalries i mean we've had some you know some issues with a few guys and over the years but i can't really say that we've had a, a rivalry I mean, everybody everybody thinks that lonnie and i hate one another but uh, that is but the farthest thing from the truth that anybody that, that as him and I can contest, I mean, it's just, everybody thinks they hate that we hate one another. Yeah. When we first started, we wrecked one another a few times or whatever, but geez, that was 20 years ago. I mean, that was no big deal. I mean, now we've just got enough respect for one another that, to, you know, if, if he's faster, move over and let him go. And if I'm faster, he moves over and lets me go. It's not a, it's, it's so, yeah, I guess if it was going to be a rivalry, I guess maybe Lonnie was at one time, but it, it's not anymore. I don't really, I don't know. Maybe there's a bunch of people that don't like me, but they, they don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse LeClaire is wondering, and he races at Oyster Bed. Have you raced at Oyster Bed? And if you have, what are your thoughts on the track? I love that place. I have raced there numerous times with the Pro Stock. Uh, I remember one night, Chris Hughes and I were going to finish one and two. And uh, I think we might have almost wrecked one another on the pace lap coming to green by scuffing the tires off. Uh, one night we were, you know, warming the tires up with 20 laps to go. He was leading and I was second or vice versa. I can't remember now. Anyway, we both turned in and cough, wham, but then totally destroyed both of our cars. I mean, like it was it's crazy, but uh, I, yeah, I, I've had really, really good runs there. I mean, I, I turned from one and two is just like Riverglade and turn three and four is kind of like Andy Ganesh. I mean, it was, it's, it's a cool little track. I, I love that place. And if you didn't get the stripe on the top side of the quarter panel, and I forget this, the top side, not the side, the top of the quarter panel where the window comes down. If you didn't get the stripe there from the wall on the back stretch, you weren't running hard enough. I just thought of a question, Dave. What's your favorite racetrack in Nova Scotia to race at? Andy Ganesh is fun. There's no question about it. It's fast. It's fun. Um, but I think I like Scotia better just because it's a more technical track. And, and, and I like the technical part of being a technical driver. Uh, as you know, 660 is not an easy place to get around. And if you can get that place down, you can pretty much run anywhere as far as when it comes to being a technical track. And 
and I used to hate Farrington. And then we, then when, when Mascar stopped and we ended up going to Farrington because we didn't have anywhere else to run. Um, it was like, Oh, really? Do I got to go up there and run up there? Like, seriously? You know, anyway, I just kept digging at it and digging. And, and now I, I love the place now. I mean, it's a, it's an awesome little track for me. Craig Rogers has a little story here for you, Dave. He wrote, always exciting watching you race. I also want to thank you again for taking the time during Speed Weekend a couple of years ago to help out a couple of guys that walked into your pit asking for a welder. You welded up my son Sam's bandolero after a bad wreck, and he went on to win the championship that weekend. So I guess that just attests to the kind of family environment in the pits, right? And it's important helping each other out, right? Oh, absolutely. And and I couldn't do it with without all my guys and you know my, my my family as you know we're a very family oriented race team um if it wasn't for my father and my uncle working their asses off all the time i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing uh so it, it's yeah it's for sure a very family oriented sport and you know what i've been in his shoes and i've needed stuff and Anytime I can help guys at the track, you know, whether it's, I get a lot of guys that'll come up and ask me about setups and, you know, cars doing this, what do you think you should do? You know what? I have no issue of trying to help somebody get better because if they're better, they're not as big of a weapon. They're not going to wreck you as bad. And people got to understand that. And, and, and when they start realizing that, that's when things will get better. Scott Kenny from Speedway 660 wrote, any suggestions on getting folks into racing sportsmen or pro stocks and building up those divisions? So I guess maybe going to a legend driver or maybe a four-cylinder and saying, hey, you ever thought about moving up a little bit? Wow. Um, that's a loaded question. Uh, unfortunately, it's the money. That's the, that's the, biggest, the biggest thing right now. If, if you don't have a pretty decent backing, um it's gonna be tough there's no question don't get me wrong you can do it um it's not i'm not trying to diss anybody to try to get it done or whatever it's a lot of work um but unfortunately the way that the sport is evolving and the amount that everything is costing with hyperinflation and whatever whatnot i mean it's just i mean it's just it's ridiculous on some of the costs of what it takes to go to the track like on a, on a normal weekend for for us to go to the track with the three cars you know if you put tires on the cars um fuel pit passes food like it's a three to five thousand dollar deal just to go run like a, a bigger race you know and, and and it's it's tough and it's uh it's getting harder and harder to find sponsors and and all that stuff because everybody's cutting back and nobody's making any money or, or you know, they, or if they are, they're not sponsored or what, what not, whatever the reason may be, but it's just, it's really tough to get into to, to the classes. Um, street stock for sure is, is awesome. I mean, I think it's evolving really, really good. Um, it's a really good way to, I mean, obviously a four cylinder is the way to go to get started. I mean, to get in, get your feet wet, but if you can jump up, don't go from a four cylinder to a pro stock it ain't gonna work you're not gonna be there after two years i'll guarantee it because you just can't do it so take your time come up through the ranks the way you're supposed to or the way that you should and 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 go that and, and i'll use frank fraser told me 
when I was bringing the girls up through from Bandos, he said, what are you going to do with the girls next year? I said, well, I might put Alex in sports for care. He says, what in the hell did you do that for? I'm like, what do you mean? He says, put her in a sport, a street stock. Ah, I don't know. You know, they just, they beat and thrash and they're, you know, because at the time back, you know, 10, 12, 10 years ago, they, they were a little, you know, Rick Cashall and Smoke and Joe and them guys were a little crazy sometimes. So you had to, you know, you had, he said, yeah, but here's the thing. He said, you get into a little scuffle. He said, on a sportsman car, you have to spend $200 to put a new fender on. You get in the scuffle with the street stock, you take the hammer and beat it out. Point taken. So you know what? I put Alex in the street stock. And that's the way we did it. And I made the girls come up through the ranks that way. And and and, and I think it makes you a better driver as you get going to, to be a to move up to the bigger classes and, and you'll know when you get done street stock, whether you can do it or not. And whether it, so to, to, to encourage people to get into it. Yes. I encourage people to get into racing, but you've got to start and walk before you run. You know, it's the same old deal that way. If you can make it through street stock and enjoy it and do well and, and all that stuff, you know what? Absolutely. The next step is to move up into a sportsman car and the same with a sportsman car. Once you get into a sportsman car and you've done well and you can do it, you know what? The next step is pro stock. Get her done. You know, if you can think you can do it, do it. I want to ask, you mentioned Halifax. You had a podium there a couple of years ago. You, you've been trying to get that race win in Antigonish. Is there something big on that bucket list that you want to check off before you, you, you hang the hat up on the pro stock side and call it a day? Well, there, I mean, absolutely that the three race deal for all three two fifties would be the ultimate thing to do. Um, basically I, I finished, I basically finished second at the other two um, in a nutshell. I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to get back down there to do it. Um, just because of the fact that I am getting older and it is getting harder to get sponsors and it's getting my father and my uncle, my father's 73 years old and he's got to retire at some point here and, and, and go from there. So I have to start looking at winding my career down because of the fact of the, the money situation. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't have the money to, to do it. Um, we, I rely on them and, and the sponsors they get through the body shop and, and that type of thing. So, I mean, unless things change on my end financially somehow, then yeah, I, I've got to start looking at winding things down, but don't get me wrong. I would love to win the 250, the other two 250s and be one of the three guys, you know, the only guys to do the three race deal, right? There's no question, but, uh, if it doesn't happen, it's not really the end of the world for me. Um, I've pretty much, like you said earlier, I've pretty much won every major event in New Brunswick that has ever been run. Um, you know, I've won the international, I've won the Miramichi hundred lappers up there. I've, I've done the 660 stuff. I've done, you know, there's not really a whole lot that I haven't won. I, I guess I haven't got as Mike Stevens win yet, but it's a fairly new one. So it's not something that has been going on for 40 or 50 years type deal. So, but yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it is what it is. If uh, something does come up and we do rack off a few more wins, then I'll definitely take them. There's no question. I don't don't uh, dispute that one a little bit. You know, you could line that up to get that win 100 at the Mike Stevens this year, right? 
Well, you know what? That would be <laughs> awesome. That would uh, that would be really, really awesome for sure. Uh, I'm going to get Paul a little bit busy here. You mentioned Mike a little bit earlier. I want to talk about the paint schemes for this year because they look absolutely sharp. I know Mike's got some shots here we're going to show. Nick Huff did a great job. Let's talk about how you came to this point because they looked good before. They look even better now. Let's talk about these paint schemes. Well, um, I hooked up with uh, Nick Huff with uh, Huff's Customs. Uh, he did... Uh, Drew Greenlaw's car back when he was doing the, the first sportsman car he did, and I really liked the job that he did. So I got Drew, I got uh, Gerald to hook me up with him, and uh, anyway, so he did my first uh, paint wrap or did my wrap uh, when he was over at the work store, and uh, then he went on his own. And I called him. And I said, "Listen, I said I got three cars. You know my, you know what my deal is. I, you know what my colors are." make me three wraps. Anyway, he uh, sent me one. I'm like, yep. And he sent me the next one. Yep. And he sent me the next one. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't have to change nothing. I didn't, we, like, it was crazy. He just, he just did those three and they just, they look amazing. Uh, extremely excited about it. I mean, and then I say Mike took some awesome pictures of the, of the things the other day. So uh, we got some really good shots for some, some hero cards and all that stuff. And and they are flashy and they're definitely, it's definitely going to be the, the best looking fleet that I've had to date for sure. They all look great. Courtney's is great with all the, the little, I, I think Kyle McKinnon would call them doohickeys <laughs> up the side of the race car. Yeah, uh, exactly. they, they look great. Now, Dylan, Dave just mentioned Drew Greenlaw. I know Drew was watching. He dropped us a comment. Can you grab that for us here and, and give that a little read? Oh, yeah. So Dave Drew wrote, I'd swap your ACT car for my sportsman just so I could get some racing in, Dave. You can take a crack at getting your lap record back. Ooh. Well, hmm. we might have to might have to do a little thinking on that one. <laughs> Does he have to talk to Gerald about that, though? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's probably Gerald that's doing the talking right now. <laughs> We, we've got a couple of more minutes with Dave. Drop us a comment. Drop us a question. We're live on the Speedway 660 Facebook page, Speedway Mayor Machine, and of course, uh, over on the Tim's Corner Motorsports page. So, here in the crystal ball, you're looking for those those wins to get to 100 for 2021. What do you have circled on on your radar to to uh, to do this year? Races to get to. Uh, let's let's look forward. Well, we're going to do. Uh, far as I know, we're going to do the ones in Petty that. Uh, that are not the tour stuff right now because and uh the 660 stuff uh probably do that and again if the border does open up down the road and things clear up and we're able to travel well there's a possibility like i said we may end up running a couple down the states with that act car and uh and uh that's pretty much uh you know going to be my season for sure denver what do you got over there because i know your wheels are still turning Okay, well, we have a little bit of time left, Dave. I want to throw back to some of your wins. So first, your, your 250 win in 2002. Now, from my understanding, and I wasn't there that night, I was too young. But my understanding that night was a bit of a controversial night, but not for anything you did, more so for what was going on behind you. Uh, what do you remember from your 250 win at uh, what was New Brunswick International Speedway? Um, I, I remember it was just, it was late in the race and, and uh, the guys were just, the restarts were horrendous. I don't, I mean, 
they were starting coming out of turn two. And I'm like, wow. Like, so anyway, we had, we had had like, I don't know, 72 cautions. I think we had, and it was just one of those nights that nobody could get any flow going. And there was, it was late in the race. I think there was probably 20, 25 laps to go. We had a restart. And like I said, they were, they were playing around with the starts and they were doing stuff. And I, I don't even remember who, who, where I was starting, but anyway, I just remember I, I went and I crossed the line coming across first and I'm like, oh, they're going to throw a caution. I mean, I know they are. And they didn't. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, that was interesting. So come to find out they were so pissed off that there was so many cautions that they didn't even bother getting ready to throw the throw the flag or whatever for the jump on the start, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there were, oh my God, there was a ton of guys that were just destroying one another, just, just out to destroy one another. And it was just, it was horrendous. And that was the only thing I can remember, to be honest with you. So the next one I want to throw at you, uh, your first international win, I think that was 1996. And that, correct me if I'm wrong, either would have been like your first or second year running uh, in the sportsman class. I actually bought the car Actually, it was another Gary McLean car, to be honest with you. It used to be, I think it was a Donald Collette car, and then Gary bought it. And then I bought it from Gary on a Tuesday night. Changed the, he, and, and if everybody knows who Gary McLean was, he used to run the 43 car. Well, my number in street stock was 28. And because I, at the time, was an Ernie Irvin fan. So we got there and we couldn't run 28 because Jim McPherson had the 28 number. So we took the 43 and made the three into an eight because it was the easiest way to, to change the number. And that's how I ended up with 48. But uh, so we took the car, we bought the car on Tuesday night. I practiced it on Thursday night and won the international on Sunday with it. And my first race with the car, I mean, it was uh, Dave Mullins and I had an epic battle and I remember, I think he won the first one and I was second. And then I ended up winning the second half and he was second. Like, and then I beat him by one point or three points or something. I mean, it was, it was definitely an epic battle. It was for, for sure. One of the craziest things I'd ever done was up to that point, because of the fact that we'd never even been in a sportsman car until then. And then when the first race, it was, it was pretty cool. And not just your first race, like the international is a pretty big deal. And you did it a second time. And when you won it the second time, it was the at Petty International Raceway this time, the first year they resurrected it. What did that win uh, mean to you? It was really, uh, I wouldn't, not to sound cocky, but it was kind of like a icing on the cake type of thing. Like, you know, it was just, it was, it was fun. It hadn't been in a sportsman car forever and jumped back in this thing and, and was dominating there for a while with that car. That's, that's the car that Alex has right now. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it, was, it was definitely reminiscent of uh, being the, you know, not just a single time winner, but a multi, multi-time winner of a major event for sure. Tim, I'm going to throw it back to you. We could go all, all night with Dave easily. Uh, so many stories, but uh, we got two more guests to come up still. We do, but Dave, you talked to me earlier about being technology savvy. Ashton Tucker is 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 right up there and we're trying to get him connected. So that, okay. that's, that's about where we... So you are ahead of Ashton Oh, Tucker I'm beating already. him right now. <laughs> already this weekend, you were ahead of him. Perfect. <laughs> 
So first on the show, better with technology. It's a good start, Dave. It, I got more stories. <laughs> I know I got more stories. We might have to tell them. Uh, Dylan, we'll do last call on social right now. So if you have any questions, comments for Dave, drop them below. Dylan, what do you got over there? I, I, I just came up with one as well. And it, it, because, Dave, a few people are commenting, complimenting yourself and uh, Alex and Courtney uh, for what you do on the track. But how special is it as a father to get to race side by side with both your daughters? We see a lot of father-son stuff in, in hockey and sports and racing, but we don't see father-daughter too often. How special is that? You know, um, I seen a picture here not too long ago. We were in Petty and we had all three cars and, I, and it was like, I think we were running like second, third and fourth or something in the picture. I think it might've been John O'Shea's one of his pictures at the time. And uh, you know, it's just, it's pretty cool to go out there and to see them do as well as they do. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, everybody knows they've got good stuff and you know, and all that, but they, they've become amazing drivers. I mean, you couldn't find two totally different drivers than those two. They jump in one another's car, can't stand it. Like Alex will jump in Courtney's car. I don't know how she drives that thing. It's way too loose. And then Courtney will jump in Alex's. This thing's pushing like a dump truck. You know, like this is crazy how they will not, they're totally different race car drivers. And they come out of the same shop and they're both within like a half a tenth of one another all the time, everywhere they go. Like, I just don't understand how their setups aren't even close. Uh, they, they can't drive one of those cars. And, but it is really, really fun to, to play with them. And, and like I said, I get, I get more enjoyment out of aggravating them more than anything, just because of the fact that whenever they hear that I'm coming, they're like, really? You got to come to this race too. I'm like, well, yes, I do. I know, like, uh, why can't I go with it? You know, like, you know, it's 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 fun. Um, I enjoy it. It's definitely something that I'm very proud of, and uh, and glad that they got to do it with us. Has there ever been a moment where you're going into a turn and one of the daughters is in front of you, and you think, huh, should I lay a little bumper here, or is it uh, um, my equipment? I probably shouldn't hit it too hard. Oh, no, no, no. Let's just reverse that a little bit. We'll go back to Speed Weekend 2019 or 18, the, the 7,500 to win. All I remember. I'm leading. Alex is second. I drive down in the corner, my normal deal. The next thing I know, she's got the back end jacked up, gotten completely sideways. And I'm like, who the hell just hit me? And she comes on the radio. Oh, that was me. I'm like, great. I said, not only did we just destroy both cars, but we're both going to the back. So much for the 7,500. Anyway, I managed to save it. And we've had quite a few laughs about that one. And they're, they're, we've got a picture that we're going to get it blown up and put it on the wall. And she's got me, I'm telling you, man, she had me jacked up sideways. And she was looking at the number on my door. And I'm like, wow, that was... Definitely not what I was expecting, but uh, it's fun. Uh, I followed her one night in Petty. I think it was, uh, might've been the Caleb Nunn race that she won. I followed her for 75 laps and they were all like, oh, you let her win, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I did not. I drove the guts out of that thing. And every time I got close to her, the car got tight and I couldn't get, I couldn't get the run on it. And 
they were uh, forever. I had people telling me, "Oh yeah, you let her win." You know, I'm like, "No, no, she she kicked my ass that night, and it was just one of them deals." And so they've both beat me. Um, I don't enjoy it. I don't plan on letting it happen as much as I did. So uh, if I ever get a sportsman car again, I will make sure that it's good. Sean Pierce is wondering, and he's a guy who's stepping out of the pro stocks and going to sportsmen. What do you think of the evolution of the pro stock in the Maritimes? Again, it's the money thing. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we've unfortunately gone too far to bring back now. Um, I, I, I don't know how you can reel it. Once you let something out of the bag, it's hard to reel it back in. And I get that. And, and the things with the, with the, the bumps and the, you know, the, the technology with the stuff and just, just everything, it seems like everything costs so damn much money right now that it's, uh, it's unfortunate and it's going to push a lot of smaller guys out of the sport. And I mean, I know a lot of people, look at us and don't think we're a small team but we're not a small team but we are a small funded team and i'll tell you we do what we have to do to to do as well as we do and it's just it's getting harder and harder and i i hope it slows down and it doesn't evolve much more i mean we can't afford it i mean hundred thousand dollar pro stocks is not what we need we do not need hundred thousand dollar pro stocks um the racing is no different with a $40,000 pro stock than it was, than it is now with a hundred thousand dollar pro stock. So other than the fact that it costs more to fix it when you wreck it. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know the, yeah, they're fast, they're faster, but, but are they faster? I mean, time-wise, I don't know if we're any faster than we were 10 years ago. It might be a couple tenths quicker, but nothing super quick. I mean, I remember in Petty, Back when Scott Fraser was running, when when we were up there, we we turned like a thirteen five one night up there, and we we're like, holy shit, like we're, we're on top of the world here. And then uh, so and and you know now I, I don't know. We're, last year we were we were, we only ran a thirteen seven or something or thirteen six and in, in uh, from Mike Stevens for time trials. So I mean I, I don't know if we've really evolved any. We've just cost ourselves a bunch more money. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Well, let's say um, you become the boss of pro stock racing in the Maritimes, hypothetically, and, and you can dial back something. What would you dial back to make it more cost effective? Man, I don't know. That's, that's a million dollar question. And I, I really, I really can't answer that because I mean, I, I enjoy getting new stuff just like everybody else does. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, I, I, I think that you've got to let the pro stock guys do stuff to be innovative but man I, I don't know I, I really as much as I'd love to be able to tell you you need to do this this and this I don't know what what it is you can tell them now we do have Ashton Tucker finally waiting in the wing so he hit the right button to get on the call uh Dave before we let you go you mentioned those marketing partners are so important to a race team who do you have on your car who's on the team and who do you want to thank for uh, getting these cars prepared and ready for Sunday well, I mean, I've had my guys that have been with us forever. Uh, we've got uh, Corey Lund, um, Robert Collier, uh, Rodney. Uh, we got uh, 
Dawson's helping a lot more this year. The girls, of course, help. I mean, we just everybody that keeps coming to the, every week to help us. That's that's our normal guys that we have. Um, but as you know, my some of my guys are getting older, and we can't. Uh, they, they don't get here as much as they, they used to be able to. But uh, there's those guys in the pits that always help when when we need them. And then, of course, you know, you got your sponsors. You got, we picked up a couple of new sponsors this year. Um, Way J Construction. Uh, we got uh, CPM Carnahan Property Managers is on board again this year. We've got uh, Robbie Stevens is on board with us this year a little bit. Um, and like I said earlier, I've started a new little deal myself. Uh, I bought a CNC plasma table, and uh, we're doing we're doing some cutting some signs and some we're doing a few trophies here and there. And uh, you may see a couple at a track near you later on here shortly. Uh, uh, Dawson and I started that. It's called uh, Plasma Works Metal Art. Is the name of the company. We're like saying we're doing fire pits. We're doing we're doing some signage for people that want stuff. And of course, anything you know, if you need anything cut out of metal, basically, is what we can do uh, to a pretty much. We can cut like to an inch, inch and a quarter thick. So it's a it's a pretty neat little deal. Hoping to try to get that going. Um, yeah, Oblivious Auto Body, Huff's Customs for the wraps. They did an awesome, like I said they did earlier, they did awesome. That's about, uh, that's about all we got. Burger King, of course. This has been fun here this evening. Uh, good luck Sunday. Thank you for being a part of this deal. And uh, tell the girls when they win on, on Sunday, we'll have them on the show next Wednesday. How about that? Oh, they're all mad because I got to go on first. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm the I'm kingpin. You got to wait until he goes first. <laughs> So, so I, I guess we'll dangle the carrot in, in front of them for, uh, for, for Sunday, for Wednesday, right? That's right. You got to give them some incentive. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of this day. We'll, uh, we'll, some of us will see you Sunday and uh, we'll, we'll see you in victory lane, right? Uh, awesome. I hope that I can come on here and uh, you can show highlights of my burning on, on, on next week. So, Well, we hope so too. That's Dave Oblinas, driver of the number 48. And we're going to get ready to bring on our next guest on the show and, it is the driver of the number two Brad Silliker Motorsports Pro Stock. It is Ashton Tucker. And uh, just getting the, the couple of extra wires connected that we need to, obviously, with live TV. That's the way it is. There we go. Ashton, you got us? Yeah, I think so. There we go. We, we got everything hooked up. Uh, thank you for being a part of this deal tonight. Uh, are you ready for Sunday yet? Yeah, we're pretty well ready. We just have a few things left to finish up on the car, and then we'll be ready to go for Sunday. Now, Brad gave you the opportunity to have the night off, right? Yeah, no, we spent a bit of time there earlier in the garage working on the car a little bit. So got out of there a bit early and come do this. Now, we just had Dave Oblinas on the show. He hadn't had any racetrack experience this year. You did a little bit of iRacing, but how much is it going to take for you to knock the rust off Sunday when you go racing at 660? Uh, hopefully we catch on in the first practice there Saturday and knock the rust off then we can start working on the car and finding speed in it we are live and interactive here this evening with ashton tucker driver the number two if you have a question or a comment you're watching us on facebook be sure to drop it in below now i i guess we'll address the big elephant in the room 2019 you won the 250 you come back in 2020 you win the riverview ford lincoln season opener you you win the best of the best you win the 250 up there so you got a couple of, of big races under your belt you know how to do this is there any pressure to extend the streak? Uh, no, not really. We're just, it's another race we're going to. It's a bit shorter, so I don't know how we're going to do with that one. Normally better in the longer ones, but 
we'll see, and hopefully it pans out pretty good and see if we can't get another win. We asked Dave a little bit earlier about the, the list that is going to be there. It's a little bit shorter because the borders are closed, but you still have the competition there. When you look at the entry list and you see guys like Dave Oblinas, Lonnie Somerville, uh, the, the 52 Tucker car on there, Kevin Moore, Chris Duncan, Ryan Messer, list goes on and on. What, what, are, what are you thinking? Give us a scouting report for Sunday. Yeah, no, the list is, is a bit shorter, but there's definitely a bunch of good cars and there are probably six or seven lads that could definitely win. And it's going to be a tough one for sure. There's going to be a lot of good cars and some tough competitions. So you've had that run at 660. You know your way around there. The first race obviously is lined up. With this pandemic deal, we're not sure what's going to happen with borders and bubbles and whatever else. But peer into your crystal ball, the 660 deals worked out well. You won the Petty Championship last year between Petty and 660. It's on the radar for this year. What, what, are you, what do you got circled on your calendar? Oh, uh, really? I don't know. We're probably going to run whatever races pop up here in New Brunswick. And if the border opens up, we'll definitely travel down there. But we'd definitely like to see if we can't get the third 250. That'd be sick. But we'd like to see if we can't go after the Mike Stevens and the International. That'd be pretty fun to me. Once again, we're live and interactive. Be sure to drop us a comment and a question. Keep Dylan Langell busy here tonight because I know he wants to uh, wants to be busy. Now, Denver, you guys are both from Aramishi. I, I know you guys have that little bit of a connection. So do you got anything early here for Ashton Tucker we can throw at him, kind of trip him off a little bit? Well, I, I, let's just say, Tim, I hope he drives his race car on Sunday a little better than he drives golf carts. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a story there? What, what, what are we missing? There may be a story. I don't think we're going to go there tonight, though. Well, no. the last time I saw you drive anything but a pro stock, I think it was a demo car, wasn't it? You didn't last very long in October. Yeah, no, the demo car didn't hold up very long in October, but it was a good while it lasted. We had Blankhorn on the show here a couple of weeks ago, and, and he does a lot of demolition stuff on the side. How fun is that? Because you start in a pro stock, you, you go stock car racing, you're not supposed to crash. Then you go to the demolition side of things and it's kind of okay to kind of go into turn one and kind of door the guy out of the way in the dash for cash. How, how much of a release is that being able to do that in your backyard? I don't know. It's pretty fun. Like you get out there and you don't have to care about nothing. You can just drive a lab into the wall if you want or beat and bang. It's a lot of fun. Definitely don't get to do it on in our cars every week, but it's fun to get out there every once in a while and try that out. So yeah. I'm going to throw a question at him. Sorry to interrupt him. Uh, Ashton, of all the guys you race against in pro stock, who would you like to race against in a demo car? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to drive Ryan Messer into the wall. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> you guys haven't done that on iRacing yet, have you? Because I know you guys have had some good battles on there. Yeah, no, we definitely have some good battles, and we probably wrecked each other a ton of times, but you can just quick repair them cars, so it's pretty easy. So obviously with the schedules being all jumbled up, the, the first race this this weekend is kind of the same weekend as Speedway 660. Do you have any plans to put a demo car together with, with the lads and, and go out this season and do some smashing? Yeah, if a car comes available, we might get, I might get one there and put it in sometime later in the year for sure. Just something to do. Seems there probably won't be a ton of racing to start off the summer, but we'll see what happens. Do you know who has a knack at finding those demo cars? Oh. Dylan Langell. Dylan, do you got do you got any demo cars for Ashton? Do you have any questions for him here on social yet tonight? Uh, I I wish I could I could hook you up with one. I mean, I was supposed to race in that demo race on Saturday, but then you know the bubble disappeared. Um, well, Brett Suggs is wondering, Ashton from iRacing, have you fixed your internet yet? Uh, I don't know. I never really knew it was that bad, but never really did much to it. So 
I guess not. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about iRacing. You won the the TCM Weekly iRacing Series Championship at Oxford. How how fun was that, or was it a challenge for you? Uh, maybe with the internet, do you notice at all if you're glitchy, or do you hear the other driver say, "Hey, you're flickering"? To be honest, I I don't notice anything on my end, but sometimes people say something, you just pull it out of the way or keep it going, or whatever. But um, yeah, it was pretty fun. I joined the Oxford one just to see if it gets any help and some practice in case we go down there in real life. But it was fun to run for sure. So Oxford, let's say borders open up sooner than later. How quick are you getting down there to maybe go for the 250 weekend for some of the other racing? Yeah, no, we'd probably definitely go down there pretty soon if the borders opened up. We've been wanting to go back there for a while, but we can't now. It seems the borders are shut down. When I got to know you back in 2020 last year, poutine, Came up a couple times. What's your favorite yeah. routine and what, what gets you in the zone? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Most tracks got a pretty good poutine and not real fussy, but yeah, poutine and a couple of Pepsis throughout the day get you ready for the race. Have you had a Dougie special at Speedway Mirror Machine? No, I have not. <laughs> Tim, that's the secret weapon, isn't it? It's it's something. I don't know about secret weapon, but you, you kind of I'll, I'll build on what Dylan just said. You you mentioned the Putins and you know a couple of cokes and whatever else. Do you have any other pre-race rituals that you kind of get into the rhythm of, of doing before you get into the race car? Mm, not really. Just whatever's going on throughout the day you do, but get in the car when it's time to go and see what happens. Hope the race goes well. Now, with everything that happened last year with the borders closing and then reopening and, and the tour schedule shortening up, you guys got to do a couple of tour races. We won't mention Riverside because I know that didn't go your guys' way, but I want to talk about Scotia and the Jim Hallahan 250 because that was a special race for a lot of us here in Halifax. For you, it was your first time on that racetrack in a full-bodied race car besides, you know, the Bandolero back on the infield five, six years ago. How special was that to come out there and do so well at that racetrack your first time out there with Pro Stock? Well, we weren't really expecting, didn't have any expectations going on the weekend, but we just threw a setup at the car and hoped it was close and panned out pretty well. It was like, you got to learn how to figure it out quick and we adapted pretty quick, it seems, and you really had to save your stuff and just seemed to fit my driving style a bit and ended up with a second, which was pretty cool for our first shot down there. And, and to be there, and I know you're you're a younger guy, but to, to be there on the podium with Jim Hallahan, uh, we lost him earlier this uh, this year. How cool was it to, to be on the podium with Jim? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I never met him before, but I met him that day. And Brad and Wayne, they, they knew him and been around him racing the tour and some. And it was pretty special to get a second in the race for sure. Now, Riverside, it seems like it's been your Achilles heel. What do you got to do to shake the monkey off your back there? I don't know. We just seem to have a little bit of bad luck there, but well, I don't know. We'll go back and keep trying, and I'm sure we'll figure it out soon enough. We keep trying. We um, have to get it sooner than later. Now, the magic at Speedway 660. It's a Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener, first race of the season. You've won it before. What seems to be that magic between you and, and Brad Southerker Motorsports and that racetrack? What, what do you think makes it click so well that you guys perform so well there? Uh, I'm not real sure. The car is always good. So that makes it a lot easier for me. And like, you got to, it's, it's a momentum track and I feel like I'm better at that. And definitely the laps, like I've been racing there for a while and that's where I first started racing. So that would definitely help me out, but I don't know, it just seems to suit us and we normally have pretty good luck there. So it'd be nice to continue that this weekend. 
Now, for those that don't know, how did you end up in the two car? Because you were you were driving your own pro stock for a little while, came up from Bandoleros. How did you end up in the two car? How did you get hooked up with Brad Silicon? I was just racing my car there for the first few years. And last summer I was racing, and it was just me and working on it mostly. And a few lads at the track helped me out. And then Brad asked if I wanted to drive at the IWK one weekend. So we went down there and wasn't the best showing, but then got a few more shots at it. We got a bit better than in 2019, ended up getting to run it full time and it made it a lot easier for me not having to get the car ready by myself and a lot more help that way. We are live and interactive here this evening. Drop us a question, drop us a comment, whether you're watching on the 660 Facebook page, TCM or Speedway Merriman, she throw a question at the, the hometown boy. And I'm, I'm surprised Brad hasn't lit up my phone yet. So he actually must be working on the race car tonight, right? Yeah, no, there's a few things I have to do when I was leaving on the front end there. So I think he was going out to the garage and finish that up before tonight and finish up a few things here tomorrow night and we should be soon ready to go. So are you guys going to go down Saturday and shake down the race car? Yeah, that's the plan. We, don't really, we would like to get a few laps on for sure, make sure everything's good and not, no problems with the car and see if it's in the ballpark, see if we have another shot. How important can that Saturday practice be to, to kind of shake that thing down and uh, get it ready for Sunday? Obviously, it's not a, a race per se, but how important is Saturday? Uh, it definitely helps out a ton. Like Sunday morning, you only got a few short practices, so you don't really got any time. But Saturday, you can shake it down on some old tires and see what it feels like on older tires. And Sunday, you can figure it out on new tires when we get a race one. So uh, Saturday's a big help for sure. Dylan, do we have any returns on social? What are they saying over there? Nothing. They're they're being a little quiet right now. Ashton's oh, really? here. He's an open book. I know. That's crazy. So leave a question for Ashton. We'll get it here to him. Uh, Ashton, how excited are you just in general to get back to the racetrack? I mean, long, cold winter, you know, with COVID in New Brunswick, it was a little up and down, but you guys are certainly on the up and up. Uh, are you looking forward to a promising season kicking off here at 660? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped to get going back this season. We weren't sure if we were going to be going or not, but then we decided we were going. So it's pretty excited, and I'll be happy to get back on the track this weekend. Hopefully get a few more races in this year. Hopefully order opens up and we can get some racing in. Are there any drivers you're keeping your eye on for Sunday? Maybe like a young gun like yourself, like Ryan Messer, or maybe like a Dave Oblinas, who are you kind of keeping your eye on thinking, okay, I'm probably going to be around them quite a bit this race. Uh, you really have no clue till you get to the track, but everyone's going to be a threat for sure. It's not easy, and no race is easy to win, but there are definitely going to be a lot of good cars there. That'd be a tough one to get for sure, but we're going to try our best. Do you think that some of the iRacing stuff you did this winter could help, uh, just being behind the steering wheel, whether it's virtual or not? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit, but probably not a whole lot. Yeah, definitely need to get in the car and get the feel for the real one for sure. Once again, you can leave your question here for Ashton in the comments section, whether you're watching on TCM or Speedway 660 or Speedway Miramichi. And I, I guess I'll throw another one at you here. Um, with this kind of weird in limbo with the bubble and everything, are you going to be doing that petty 660 pro stock deal once that fires up? Oh, yeah, if that fires up, I think we're going to definitely run all four races. We managed to win it last year, so might as well try to do it again this year. And then if the full tour comes back in full swing, you're going to do PEI and the two Nova Scotia tracks or kind of see how it goes? Yeah, uh, I really have no clue yet. We'll definitely 
probably try to get to Scotia and Riverside for sure. PEI would be fun to get to for sure, but don't really know yet. See what pops up for races and go from there. Yeah, that's pretty much all we can do right now is what we'll wait and see. Tim? Uh, you got your start in the Bandolier. I, I kind of want to ask you this deal because last year, I think I, I saw you at the tech shed talking to Wendell and Tegan Dempsey and Rory Coates and, and those those kids that are just starting in Bandoleros and a few short years ago, you were down there and all of a sudden now you're, you're winning two two fifties and winning these big championships. How cool is it to, to be in that pro stock and, and knowing these kids are, are the, the next Ashton Tuckers? That's what I mean. The bandos teach you a ton and teach you the momentum, which you really need to figure out in product. And I find, but yeah, it's always cool to watch the bandos race. Cause you know, they're going to be coming up through the ranks and you're going to be racing with them in a few years time for sure. But yeah, Wendell and them, they sent me a message looking for some setup help, so I tried my best to help them out, but they did good, but they had some bad luck too, so it was nice to help them out some. For some of those kids that might just be starting in a Bandolero or, or might be looking for some advice and just getting going and racing, what kind of advice can you give them knowing that you've been there before? Uh, just get laps, really. Uh, you just get better as more laps you get, and takes time, so don't get frustrated when you're not quick the first year whenever it takes but just take your time get as many laps as you can and you'll get it from there now i think your last start in the bandolero was it in one of the landfill cars if i remember correctly yeah it was there a few speed weekends ago didn't go too well but it was fun <laughs> to get back in one it's one of, one of those last minute decisions wasn't it yeah no bandos are tough you jump in a pro stock and jump back one of them that's not easy to do they're they're a tough car to drive and it was tough to get back in one You've had a lot of memorable races. Let's talk about those two 250 victories, I guess, to start off, because that is that is the Mecca, and, and you've won it the last two years. How huge has that been for your racing career to, to win those big races? Oh, it's pretty cool. There's a ton of big names that won that race, and it's been going on for a while. And just the, our first one, that helped us a ton. I found racing against Cash there for the win, and that helped a lot. That gave us a bit of confidence. And going to the next year, we had even more confidence. And, just had a string of good races gone and just managed to get another one. And it, it might have been three in a row going for four, but you got caught up in that turn for Johnny Clark, correct, didn't you? Yeah, no, we had a good car that night. We started, that was my first one with Brad and then in the 250, and we started like 12th or something, I think. And we made it up to third, and we're just riding around. Then all of a sudden, we we're in the beach in turn two, and I didn't know what happened. But then after the fact, I found out what happened. What's it going to take to win number three? Obviously, we're sitting here in May. It's September that, that's coming up a long distance away. But, uh, you know, given borders are open and all this vaccination stuff goes through, what's it going to take to win number three? I don't know. Them things ain't easy to win. You definitely need to have a good car, so you need to prepare it. You need to spend a lot of time in the shop getting ready for the weekend. And I don't know. It's tough to win. There's a ton of good cars to show up there. And very well, you need to save a lot of stuff, I find, for the end. And, get a good pitch strategy figured out and try to be up front there in the last few laps and have a shot at it. Dylan kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about the battle between, you know, some of the, the older guys and, and some of the younger guys like Ryan Messer coming up. We are showing the highlights of the international last year with you and Jonathan Hicken. What do you remember about that battle back and forth between you and the five car? Well, I remember there was, I think it was me, Jonathan, Corey and Cole. We were running just single file in the top group for the longest time like 50 go. I was like, yeah, I got to try to do something here. So we picked off Cole and got beyond Corey and got by him a lot of traffic. And I think there was like 20 go. And all of a sudden the car, I saved enough and 
got up Jonathan and it was just so hard to get a run on the bottom side there that night. So I got one run, had to take it, but I got past and then I just bombed turn one and slid up the track and he got back to me the next turn and bumped me out of the road and I couldn't get back to him in time. Now, obviously you're early in your pro stock career. That, that might be the, I guess the rivalry, at least to 2020 between you in the five, because Jonathan won a ton of races, you won a ton of races. Is there any other rivalry that, that you can think of that in your racing career that, that might be that, that back and forth sort of, sort of rivalry trying to see who's going to win as, as many as the other? Uh, back in the bandos there in our last season, me and Braden Langel, we battled every weekend. It was like either he was winning or I was winning and we were both battling for the points championship. And that was a fun season. But last year, me and John, that was a ton of fun racing against him. You learn a lot racing a veteran and trying to figure out the track, but it was fun. So now that Jonathan is, and we don't use the word retired because a race car driver never retires, but he's kind of hung the helmet up and moved on to, to helping out Ethan and, and doing some stuff at King Racing. So what's the, who's the next driver you really have to watch? Maybe put a circle around saying, you know, he, he might get hot and win a couple of races and I might have to, you know, might have to fend him off. I don't know. There's a ton of good drivers. I kind of hope John comes back and runs a few races because I feel like we need to beat him a few more times that we didn't get to beat him enough, but. I know Corey Hall, Cole Butcher, Ryan Messer. Uh, there's a ton of good drivers. Can't even think of them all right now. But there's a lot of good drivers, and uh, it's going to be tough to win races. Uh, Denver, before I come back to you, I'm going to go to Dylan because I see something pop up with a driver that has, Ashton, one of your old bandoleros. Uh, Dylan, what do you got over there? Are you talking about another Dylan? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about another Dylan. You're right. Okay, well, Dylan McMillan's wondering. He says, hey, Ashton, what was your favorite win in the old Silver 32 Bando that they have now? Oh, we never got to run that car a whole lot. We built it midway through the our last season of the Bandos, but I think we ran it four races, and to be honest, I think there was four different drivers in it just because we were back and forth with points races, and I managed to – we took a Chediac for a race, and we won that. That was pretty fun, even though – we got spun out and hit the wall from a lap car, but managed to come back and win it. So that was a pretty fun race to win in it. Brent Roberts wrote, who were some of the drivers that you looked up to when you were coming through the Bando ranks? Uh, I always watched Sean Tucker and Dave and a bunch of them, but Sean, I always kept an eye on just because I guess we had the same last name and pretty cool to see him all the races. And uh, I looked up to him a lot. Taylor Albert wrote, hey, Ashton, being the only pro stock driver from the Miramichi area, how does it feel to have most of the Miramichi area always rooting and cheering you on? That's pretty cool. We, the Miramichi, that's building up the crowd, I find, like, slowly more people are getting into it. And last year, there was a ton of people coming to every race, and it was pretty cool to see that many Miramichi fans coming to the races and cheering us on. Yeah, I'd even argue it might even be more than just Miramichi, because I remember Ashton at the Mike Stevens race when myself and Jesse, the announcer, we were killing time and we were saying, okay, well, who are you here to see? And we would kind of do a call and response. And I think you had the biggest reaction when we said, who's here to see Ashton Tucker? So that must have been a pretty special feeling, eh? Yeah, no, it's nice to have people cheering you know, for sure, better than booze, I guess. But I don't know, I'm glad people like going for us and hopefully we can get a few more fans. He's so humble, Tim. He, he is. And you kind of mentioned the whole city behind you and you kind of touched on the crew a little bit earlier. You got some really big names from Miramichi and, and not to bring up big names, but we are Terry Russell is on your crew. How cool is it to have some of those Miramichi guys on your crew? And 
uh, have, have the whole city kind of behind you. Well, that's great. We have a great crew and we all get along well. It's just a good time going to the racetrack with them every week. And we just have fun and really just try to, no pressure, but Brad, he gets worked up every once in a while, but that's part of racing. He just wants to do good and I don't blame him. So it's a pretty fun time going racing with all them. Now, Terry has about 16 championships, I think. I think it grows every time we talk about it, but <laughs> is there anything that he's been able to instill on you and, and give you any sort of advice? Oh, yeah, he's always trying to give advice and help us out, just trying to find speed in the car. But, yeah, he's good to listen to for sure, trying to figure out info. Mentioned Miramichi, the home racetrack. This was supposed to be the Bandolero Blast Off weekend, but obviously with borders being closed and everything else, we can't do it. I know you weren't in Miramichi last year because there was a race at 660, but how cool was it to see those Bandolero cars back at Miramichi and uh, getting those, those youngsters a, a little used to uh, some Miramichi hospitality? You know, it was pretty cool to see the Bandos back. I only got to run there once in the Bando car, but wish we could have done it more. But it's nice to see them come back and maybe get some local kids into it. It would be pretty cool. We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier about the, the Tegan Dempsey's and the Rory Coates and, and some of those youngsters coming up. Uh, have you been able to see much of the Bandolero ranks? Are you seeing any names that, that might be moving up the ranks that we might have to keep our eyes on? Yeah, there's a bunch of good drivers I see. There, Tegan, he's a pretty good driver, and Colt Noble, and uh, Danny, he's pretty good. But there's a kid, like, I don't really know him that well, but Gage Gilby, I watch him race sometimes, and he seems pretty good, and he just, I don't know how old he is, but he looks pretty little, but he seems to be pretty good. Uh, we're still live with Ashton Tucker. Got a couple of more minutes left. We got John O'Shea coming up. So all, all the Miramichi's having a good time here in the uh, in the second half of this show. But drop us a question. Drop us a comment. Denver, what do you got for Ashton? All right. So we're going to start, Ashton. Uh, you got to run the Modifieds in Miramichi a couple of times. Obviously, Miramichi is the only track that doesn't have the late models, sportsmen, or pro stock. Um, so for you to get the chance to run at home in the Modifieds, and not only run i think you won every time you sat behind the wheel of a modified miramichi but what did that mean to be able to do that um, in front of the hometown crowd especially where you're essentially small town famous oh that's just fun to get to race in your home track like you don't get the chance to often so every chance i get i jump on it and go and we managed to have some good runs i got to run jerry stafford's car three times and we managed to pull off three wins and so that was pretty cool then ran a race for chris wilson and i think we're running like second or third then the drive shaft let go but us racing, sometimes you have parts break and races can't always go your way. What would it mean if uh, Barry was ever able to pull off a pro stock race in Miramichi? That'd be pretty cool, I think. I think we'd definitely be there and it'd be pretty cool to have a pro stock race and get to race in your hometown and hopefully a bunch of cars would show up. I think that'd be pretty awesome. So let's go back a little bit. Uh, your first breakout season i guess in pro stock you won rookie of the year actually no let's start here i hope brent roy's watching because if tim <laughs> tim might know where i'm going with this oh i uh, know where you're going 2016 your rookie season in pro stock uh it was also brent roy's rookie season in pro stock and you two kind of battled back and forth all season long uh and so let's tell the story about the night of champions uh, what happened that night oh well we went into the Last points race. I doubt Brent wants to be reminded of this story, but we were like 10 points behind him, I think. And in the heat race, we ended up winning ours and he finished a few points back. So I think we we're going in the feature like four or five points back behind him. And then in the feature, I was running fourth and he was running third. And I got underneath him. We ran side by side, probably 15 laps. And I was just giving her everything. I had nothing to lose. Like, wasn't going to win the points, the rookie of the year, unless I got by him. 
And then coming out of turn two, we are through turn one and two, we just, I don't know, hooked together and he ended up spinning around and I ended up keeping her straight and managed to hold on to it. So that was your first podium in a pro stock. You got your first heat win that night and you took rookie of the year, but moving on to 2017, um, that's really when you first came into the spotlight for some of your performances at Speedway 660. First, it was the uh, best of the best 150 where you uh, finished on the podium alongside uh, some pretty big names in Cassius Clark and uh, Ben Rowe. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool down tires. You had to save a ton, and I guess I did a pretty good job saving them. I was always there at the end of them races, and I even got past Ben Rowe and got on Cassius's bumper, and like I think we might have had a chance to getting underneath them and challenged them for the lead if caution didn't come out but caution came out and we had to restart on the outside then Ben got back by us and, but we're happy with third place for sure so let's talk about the 250 in 2017 because storylines are plenty for you in that race uh, the first 100 laps didn't go so well but then come the end of the race you find yourself battling for second and it's against a driver who has two 250 wins and Lonnie Somerville who at the time was driving the car that you now drive. Yeah, to be honest, Lonnie, my, after my first pro soccer race, he told me that I did good and had got the respect and keep going, like, I'll win one of these things someday. And that night, that 250 night, um, got in every record good there in the first 100 laps. The car was pretty rough shape. Didn't think we were going to really do anything. But we put it there with, I don't know, maybe 120 laps to go or – no, not that many, like – 80 laps going. We put a set tires on and just had enough tires saved and we managed to get past Lonnie on the last corner. So moving on a little bit, uh, you mentioned, Tim kind of uh, touched on it, your, your start with Brad Silica Motorsports in 2018, it didn't go so well. Uh, you know, the IWK 250 was your first attempt, that didn't go as planned. And then you had, uh, you know, the wreck at 660, a blown motor at Riverside, pretty well anything that could go wrong went wrong that first year but then looking past that 2019 starting at the 250 when you won that race you went on a streak of having 10 consecutive podium finishes with five wins four second place finishes and a third place finish um, a streak that lasted up until Riverside last year what does it mean to be able to go on a big run like that and just every time you show up to the track be competing for the win I don't know it's just cool we put the work in and work on the car hard and show up to the track and try our best but you just go out there and see what happens and see how the race plays out but we, we had a pretty good season last year and finished the 2019 super season off strong and it's pretty cool had a great year last year and we're happy with it so hopefully continue into this year with it so i know we talked some about the 250 wins but uh when you won the 250 last year, you became the first driver ever to win back-to-back -back 250s. Guys like Sean Tucker and Cassius Clark won it three times. Lonnie Somerville, Johnny Clark won it twice. You became the first to do it in back-to-back -back years. What did that mean, um, you know, after 20 years of running that race that you were the first driver to pull that off? Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. Like, all them years, people running, it, nobody managed to do it. And there's a ton of good drivers that won the races multiple times and stuff. And it's pretty cool to win the race two times in a row and I was just happy to be one of the two-time winners and we just like winning so it was pretty damn cool I think. So I want to kind of ask you about your first ever win because Shelly loves to tell the story about your first ever interview and, and you know uh, we go back it was, it was 2013 or something in the Bandolero you win your first race at Speedway 660. Uh, how did you make it in the interview that day how, and what did you learn going on? I mean you've gotten pretty good at interviews over the years because uh, you've had to do quite a few of them. 
Yeah, I still suck at them, to be honest. But that first interview, I think I might have said three words to Wade, and he was like, yeah, I don't know what to say to this kid. So he just ended her there. But, oh, well, we'll get better than them. The more we do, I guess. Absolutely. Tim, uh, what else do you got for Ashton? I think Wade's getting pretty used to talking to you and he might end up doing it again on, uh, on Sunday, if you pull it into Riverview Ford Lincoln victory lane, but uh, it's going to be a big race. There's going to be lots of competition there. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. So if you're in Fredericton, be sure to head to speedway 660. We'll do last call on social Dylan. What do you got over there for Ashton Tucker before we let him loose tonight? Uh, well, I, I see that Brandon Campbell wrote about, yeah, maybe you got to throw Ashton into his mini stock, but Ashton, is there anything you're really not opposed to racing? Would you think about doing maybe some street stock racing, legends, minis? Are you kind of up for anything? Uh, I think most race car drivers are up for anything. You might as well, if you got the chance, jump in and try it out. Anything to race is fun, I think. Tim, you had something to tip your tongue there. Well, I read somewhere on Facebook that Brandon wasn't going to the racetrack this weekend because he was working. Now, Ashton is busy with the pro stock, but maybe we can find somebody for his race car. Maybe, mm, yeah. Maybe, maybe I, we throw it out. I, I'd race it if I could get over the border. Uh, you would, you would, you raced a minivan. You'd race anything. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I had me and Ashton had the same luck in demo derby racing. Apparently, not very much. Yeah, no luck at all. I feel but, like Ashton has more wins than you, though. Hey, I just haven't been given the opportunity. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but Ashton, I guess from one demo driver to another, uh, what do you what do you think about those demo races? I mean, entering like a dash or cash when there's 40 other guys and girls on the track with you that are all trying to kill each other. What do you think about that? I, I think it's a blast, to be honest. The dash or cash is probably the conversation. I try to get that, do that every year when me and a few buddies going on the car. But my first dash or cash actually was pretty good till like two laps ago. Then I got drove into the wall and held it wide open trying to hit the lab but missed them and I, don't, I think we finished second or something it was pretty fun now in, in that race do you go out for blood or do you go out to try and avoid people to try and win the big money uh i try to avoid people but i also don't mind hitting a few people because it's pretty fun to hit them but it's more avoiding shit because cars are everywhere half time you can't even get around the track <laughs> any uh any little injuries from that maybe sore back or you're young and small and you're all good. Yeah, no, I did the figure eight there the other year and I got T-boned by this minivan. It, it, you felt a bit sore there a few days after, but nothing too serious. You get over that pretty quick. Uh, would you be up for doing some of those other races? Like, the, how about the trailer race? Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Wouldn't it be bad to find a trailer and a vehicle to tow, but might Barry be work. hard enough to find a car. Barry, yeah. work on that. Do you think Brad would let you loan the uh, race car hauler for the day? Jesus, no. No, I don't think he'd let us run that. <laughs> you don't have to tell him you're taking it for a trailer race. You just have to tell him you're taking it for a drive, right? Yeah, I don't think I'd have anything to haul it with. <laughs> I'm sure we can find you something to get it to the racetrack with. I'm sure Barry can find you something over there. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Now, we got John O'Shea waiting in the wings, so uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. But before we do, you got some marketing partners on that race car that help get to the racetrack every week. And you mentioned the crew. Who's on the crew and who's on the race car sponsor-wise? Oh, the crew, we got Brad and Wayne and Jeff. Um, My two uncles, Warren and Corey. Then Dave Cassidy, Terry Russell, uh, Jason Harding. He helps out. Alex White comes sometimes. Uh, 
right? I'm probably forgetting people, but I'm sorry if I am, but they're all good help and it's a great time going to the track. We always have fun and they're always, they're a good crew to work with. They're always easy going and stuff and help me out as much as we can. But for sponsors, we have White Lightning and Yamaha and Rays, Trailer Sports Center, um, Big Wheels, Auto Sales, Roy Brothers Construction, Baisley's Construction. We got, this year we got a few new ones. We got Delway um, Construction. We got Lefties. We got, um, oh, um, Empire Limousines there helped this year. Sunny Corner Enterprise, JTR Mobile Equipment, Fern Rob. They've been a help for years. Big Cam Fabrication, um, Post Tech, their help. But I think that's all of them. Sutherland Sex Reading, too. Thanks. So when you win the, the third 250, the Empire limousine is going to come in handy, right? Because there's going to be a party, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can win another 250 and go get drunk on one or something. Well, I, I don't think the party leaves Speedway 660, though, right? Oh, no. Can't <laughs> This Listen, has been... I think uh, you... Uh, <laughs> yeah, go you ahead. Were, I think it was like half an hour after the race you go through tech. Didn't you go straight to bed last year after winning the second 250? Yeah, I didn't make it very long last year. I was played out. That was a long-ass day. The race took, like, four hours, I think. I was played right out after last year, but the year before, we definitely celebrated all night. I think it was, like, five or six a.m. racket. So you got to even it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Try, try to make it for the history books, at least, when you, when you think back to it. Yeah. No, it's always a good time. This has been a blast, Ashton. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you win again on uh, Sunday, we'll probably get you back on on Wednesday. Uh, good luck. Right. Perfect. Hopefully we're back on. Now, before we go, and I, I know Paul's got a graphic keyed up, but we're going we're gonna to go past this one because we don't want to bring up any, any bad news about COVID, but we're going to go to the picks for this week. And we're going to start with uh, Mr. Matchett on his pick because uh, you didn't pick, I thought somebody would pick the low hanging fruit and they didn't. So Denver, who do you have for Sunday? I picked Lonnie Somerville to win the uh, Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener 75. Okay, why? Why? Well, Lonnie is, I think Lonnie's due for a win, Tim. You look at how well he ran at 660 last year. He's got that new car, uh, well, was Rowdy Manufacturing. They changed their name to Hamkey over the uh, offseason. But, uh, you know, Lonnie's due for a win. That car is fast. It's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and that could be on Sunday at Speedway 660. Okay, Dylan, you've got Ryan Messer. I've got Ryan Messer. I, I feel like he's going to come off the little little slump he had in uh, 2020. It just I, I, I thought he'd be doing a bit bigger things in 2020, but um, didn't have too much luck at the petty races, and I, I think he's going to rebound pretty good this year, and uh, I know they were testing that new car, or at least working on it. So uh, I think the, I think the Godfather is ready to get a big win on Sunday. And I went with Dave Oblinas because a I figured one of you guys would go with the low hanging fruit and go with Ashton Tucker. I, I feel like Clint Boyer here. I feel like some one some of you would have took Ashton Tucker. But... I'll, I'll pick Ashton Tucker. How about that? Uh, okay, well there <laughs> there you go. Dave Dave is due after the run that he had at the two fifty. Dave Oblinas is due for a win at Speedway 660. He never got that win last year. I've got Dave Oblinas for this weekend. So if you have a pick for the Pro Stock 75 Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener, Remax East Coast Elite Realty Pro Stocks, drop it below in the comments. 
let us know. And, and we might make this a weekly thing because I know Denver loves competition and I know Mr. Uh, Mr. Langell loves a little friendly rivalry back and forth. There, there is no win Dylan's money. Like COVID is, is it's hurting the damn pocketbook. Now, now Dave O'Blanis did mention he's making trophies. So maybe we come together and get something for, for this, but okay. I know I'm sure Meredith and, and, and Brittany and Steve Austin and, and the crew probably wants to get in on this too. And maybe our fans want to get in on this too. So maybe we'll, we'll do something here in the next couple of days, watch our Facebook page. We'll figure it out. Uh, we've got a couple of more minutes left. And I figured the only way to preview a race in Miramichi is to get the voice of Miramichi on here. John O'Shea, John, welcome in. Thank you for being a part of this deal. Are you excited coming up for Saturday and this spring smash that we have? That looks good, but your microphone's muted. Oh, there we How's go. That? That's beautiful. Try it again. It you know, looks good. I, I was, you know what I was going to do? I, was, I don't know if you remember the time that uh, Michael Walter won the Daytona 500. And uh, they interviewed him right after, and uh, they asked him a big question. He was going on, and you could see he had the hands going, and everything like that. And but you couldn't hear him. And I thought I should try that. And geez, well, there it was. It happened, but I didn't plan on doing it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great uh, way to. It's not really kicking off the 2021 season, but uh, because we uh, kicked it off here in March with the uh, the winter demolition. Uh, but it's going to be great to hear uh, screeching tires on asphalt once again. So I'm really looking forward to it. The summer season was really kicked off last year as well at Miramichi, and albeit a, a completely different atmosphere than what we're, we're seeing here this year. Yes, the borders are closed, but it's still stock car racing. It's still demolition. Uh, can we liken it to last year with, with Speedway Miramichi being the first to open up in the summer? Oh, I think so. Uh, the, the work that Barry and uh, your co-host there, one of your co-hosts, uh, Mr. Matchett, uh, they've worked uh, hard uh, behind the scenes last year to uh, make racing happen in Miramichi within the restrictions that uh, we were handed. And, uh, the, you know, to uh, see the return of the Bomber Division, a homegrown division uh, that really came out of nowhere and has exploded – and uh, we're looking at probably somewhere around 20 cars to uh, start on Saturday. And it's going to be uh, amazing with the return of the uh, Bomber champion, uh, Adam Floyd. And uh, Denver was telling me that uh, Adam has a new car this year. So uh, he's going to be uh, looking to uh, hold off the likes of uh, Jonathan Dixon and others this year. We're showing some of the Bomber highlights on the screen now. And I saw Jonathan Dixon's car and it, it's, we see a lot of those throwback sort of paint schemes. Uh, the 97 of Mark Kingston that was out front, maybe not necessarily. It, it's a 97. It's red and white. It reminds me of John Fleming's race car. How cool is it to see those guys kind of take that throwback sort of theme up? Oh, it is cool. And that, you know, for me, it's always, you know, brand identification. You know, these guys, they, they graduated from the demolitions, basically. Some folks have... Uh, uh, came to the uh, bomber division through uh, mini stocks, but they, they're all stocker racing fans. So it's nice to uh, see the, uh, the familiar paint schemes. And, uh, uh, and from what I hear, um, former mini stock driver and a longtime demolition competitor, uh, Randy Girouard, he's got a new bomber car this year. And uh, Denver was telling me about it on the weekend. 
for some reason, I saw it in Napin here uh, just the other day, and it's a Dale Jr. throwback to the old Budweiser paint scheme, and it looks really good. Denver, I know you have your, your finger on the pulse. Is there any other throwback schemes that, that you have seen on your, your travels here in the last couple of weeks that fans can look out for on Saturday? Can I interrupt first, Tim? Uh, sure you can. That 97 was a Kurt Busch 2003 throwback. How okay. did you not? How did you not pick that out? I, I'm a local guy. I grew up watching John Fleming in the Big Red Dodge. Let's okay. let's go. Let's go with that. Okay. Good catch on that one, Dylan. Uh, the old therapy uh, pain scheme, I would say, right? Yeah, the one he uh, he finished second with the Darlington with Ricky Craven winning that race. Absolutely. Obviously, Dylan had all those sharpies out after he finished. Where did you finish in the dash for cash when you had your start? Um, I think thirty first. Well, that, that's that's still good. It's it's better than thirty second <laughs> or forty fifth. Twenty eight cars started. Okay, John, settle us a battle here. What's what's a bigger accomplishment? Thirty second or thirty first in the dash for cash, or first in a three car staff race? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's not uh, let's not put the gas <laughs> on the fire here. <laughs> oh, okay, Denver, but back on track here. What 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 can fans expect for paint schemes? Because I I know you've seen a couple of really good ones. I have Tim uh, some phenomenal work. Um, there's one I'm not going to totally spoil. Uh, Riley Harris in car number one has a special paint scheme this year, uh, but I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, it's gonna you're gonna have to be at the track to see it. But uh, besides that, uh, Tyson Donovan has the uh, Sterling Marlin Silver Bullet throwback um that car looks phenomenal he's driving number 63 different number but that's all right um we got uh, casey mund will not be at the race this weekend unfortunately he uh dropped he was the number eight car last year had a couple podiums he's got a uh, clint boyer jack daniels throwback he's switching to car number zero seven so uh, some great looking cars for sure i don't know if jacob smith changed his car up or not but he had the uh, jeff gordon rainbow warrior throwback so uh, and i'm sure there's more blake branfield scar was kind of a uh, a dale jr nationwide uh, type scheme so uh, these guys are really putting a lot of effort in their cars look great and uh, they're gonna look really good on the track it's gonna be some uh, great competition to say the least now this mini stock race that we have obviously borders are closed so no jr lawson no Chantel ackles no you know one-off like a dave matthews or a cody burns showing up and spoiling the party so john Field is wide open, but there's one driver that could very well sweep it, and that's Rob Fourier. He's planning on coming, but is there anybody that could potentially uh, challenge for, for that win with JR not in the field? Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Millay in the 80, we kind of consider him a, a local guy. Uh, he's from the uh, Gadian Peninsula. He finished second in the points last year. Uh, he had five, count them, five podium finishes in the 2020 season. He's going to be there to uh, really take advantage of that. Uh, we've got uh, Guy Basque. He's been a competitor for the last several years. Uh, he took, um, I think he took a season or two off. He came back last year strong. Another guy that has uh, really come on strong last year, uh, Mitchell Poirier uh, in the 28 Honda. He's a, a strong competitor. And one guy that I'm going to uh, just kind of watch with curiosity and that's the 89 of uh, Conrad Murphy from Sunny Corner. Uh, he kind of uh, debuted uh, last year and improved as the season went along. And I think he's got some uh, good things to uh, happen this year. Uh, and also, he is uh, in the background. He's working on a, a modified uh, uh, car that he purchased from, um, oh, what 
Denver helped me out with Tyson. Tyson, Tyson Dunbin uh, purchased that car. So he's taking the season to work on that and maybe run in uh, 2022. But uh, Conrad Murphy, will look for him on the track as well. I know there's some street stock guys that are thrashing to get their cars together for Saturday, but let's talk about Briar Ellis because that's the kid that kind of surprised everybody last year, ended up winning a championship. What do you think of that, that young kid from Janeville? He, Briar is uh, incredible. Uh, you know, his father, second generation uh, driver Briar is, and uh, he's got some great help. He's got the former street stock uh, competitor, uh, Kirk Jardine, helping him uh, with his car as well. So there's lots of talent uh, to get the equipment on the track and Briar just keeps improving. And he surely uh, uh, proved that last year with uh, a championship run. And um, we'll uh, look for him on the track uh, this year as well. I, I know demolition is a little different than stock car racing. And I, yeah, and for everybody that's asking, yes, there is a burnout competition on Saturday. <laughs> what, what are you most looking forward to with this demolition field? Because even though it's different, John, it, it continues to grow. And last year, what was it, 71 cars at one of those things? Oh, it was nuts. I'm telling you, like 3Y coming off of uh, turn four uh, just to get them to fit on the track to the flag stand. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, it's incredible. The interest that, uh, the demolition, uh, has, uh, grown over the last few years, but especially last year. And, uh, some of the changes, uh, this year, there's some, uh, few rule changes, which is uh, actually going to help the scores in the tower. We'll be able to figure out what the car numbers are, uh, this year, which is great. And, uh, so looking forward to some, uh, competition there. And everybody can watch it on timscorner.tv. We had the little trial run, per se, on the Easter Bunny Bash, but everybody can head on over, support the racetrack at the same time, and watch some great racing action. And, of course, hear your voice. It's going to be a fun weekend. And if you're in, in 660, you're, you're in Fredericton, and you're going to go watch that race on Sunday, the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener, you're not doing anything Saturday. Come on up and, and watch some racing in Miramichi because – it's going to be a, a fun race, John. What can what can fans expect? Sell, sell us here in about sixty seconds on what they can uh, what they can expect at the racetrack. Well, it's uh, just some homegrown Miramichi entertainment for sure. You're coming to the uh, the longest running active stock car track in uh, in New Brunswick, and uh, going to be great action. We've got, uh, of course, three classes of stock car racing, uh, the, and it's nonstop and. Uh, as Denver likes to remind me that it's you're coming for a show, you're coming to be entertained, and we guarantee that you will be entertained by the time you leave Speedway Miramichi on Saturday. Heard the flag man's pretty good too. He's okay. Yeah, he's he's somewhat okay. Of course, you can watch it live on Tim's Corner TV. Uh, 135, as we had on the graphic a little bit earlier, we're going to start with the, the banquet portion of the show that we kind of lost last year due to the pandemic and the bubble closing and what have you. So uh, be sure to be around at 135. Passes are going to go on sale. Uh, if you can't make it, if you're stuck like me in Nova Scotia and can't go to the racetrack, uh, head over to timscorner.tv starting tomorrow. You can pick up your pass and uh, be all ready for that one. Uh, Want to thank everybody that, that put on this show. John, we could go on for, for hours on this one, but I know Paul's rubbing up on a uh, an iRacing show. So we want to well, thank everybody. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, Dylan, final thoughts before we head off here, because I know you're uh, you're excited to see some racing this weekend. I, I am, you know, I wish I could have 
been a part of that demolition race. I, I had stuff lined up. I mean, I, I was gearing to go, but uh, you know what? I'll watch from the comfort of my deck with a couple cold ones on TCM TV and uh, wish all the best to all the competitors and even all the staff members like yourself, John and Denver and Dougie and Barry and everyone at Speedway Mary Machine and 660. I mean, it's, it's a shame we can't do the same thing in Nova Scotia right now, but it is nice to see that at least one maritime province is firing off here, and uh, hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. Denver, final thoughts. Of course, we want to thank our partners for being a part of our uh, Tim's Corner TV, not only coverage on the Wednesday night show, but also on the uh, Saturday deal. Denver, final thoughts before we let this go. Well, first, Tim and Dylan and John, uh, looking back at tonight's show, this was phenomenal. Probably one of my favorite shows this far. And these shows are only going to get better as we get into race season and get to talk to the winners and get to share those stories. But uh, Dave and Ashton and John, uh, thank them all for being on. But this is a big weekend uh, in the province of New Brunswick, the start of the 2021 season, the summer season, I should say. And uh, it's going to be fun. There's some two great races scheduled at uh, two great facilities, two great tracks. And, uh, you know, if, like Tim said, if you have the chance, go out, support, uh, watch some stock car racing. And, uh, you know, it's uh, going to be fun. We're hoping for big things this summer. You know, all the tracks are working together. And uh, this will be the first of hopefully many races to come and uh, the start of a, a great 2021 season. John, we're going to give you the final word because Denver didn't pick Ashton Tucker. I didn't pick Ashton Tucker. Uh, Dylan Langell didn't pick Ashton Tucker. Who is your pick for Sunday's race? We're going to put you on the spot. Sunday's race at 660 Pro Stock. There's 11 cars. There's a lot of big talent. Who do you got? Nobody picked, picked Ashton Tucker. Nobody pick Ash, picked Ashton Tucker. I can't believe it either. Well, come on. I'm picking Ashton Tucker. <laughs> I'm going to pick him if if there was a, a 10 car field or a 50 car field, that guy is just phenomenal. Uh, the, the, the vehicle is prepared by some great guys. Uh, and I'm really proud to say that he's from the Miramichi area. Yeah. Ashton Tucker, look out for him. I, I think that we finally found somebody. So at, le at least at Denver's concern was he was going to jinx Ashton if he picked him. So I think that was his, his general concern. So it's now off Denver's plate. Uh, <laughs> This has been fun, boys. Thank you very much. Thank you for everybody for watching. Dave Oblinas, Ashton Tucker, and John O'Shea for being a part of it. Uh, for Paul Strickland Jr., our producer, Denver Match at Dylan Langell, my name is Tim Terry. We will see you Saturday from Speedway Mayor Machi. If not, we'll see you here next Wednesday when we uh, review it and preview the Petty race coming up next weekend. Until then, keep the hammer down. We'll see you at the track.